Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Hey, great to be with you guys tonight for the Battle Cry. You might notice that uh, I look a little bit different tonight because I'm dressed up. I'm in the suit and tie. Hair's neatly combed for you. Got the COS pin on the lapel. And I'm not maybe as pumped up as I usually am. And that's because I'm pretty serious this week. You know, with what happened this week with the raid on Mar-a-Lago and the way President Trump has been treated, I think we may have crossed a Rubicon in this country, and I'm not sure what the way back is, if there is a way back. Now, I want to be really clear about something up front. For me, this is not about partisanship. It's not about President Trump. It's not about Hillary Clinton and her emails. It's not about anybody or any one situation individually. For me, what it's about is about law and the rule of law and the equal protection under the law that makes the United States of America such a unique country. Because in the United States, it's supposed to be the idea that the underlying structure of our government is such that everybody is equal under the law. And that regardless of whether you're the most vilified president in history, vilified perhaps person in the history of America as Donald Trump has come to be, or you're Hillary Clinton, or you're me, or you, you can expect equal treatment under the law. And what we're seeing here, what I believe we're witnessing, is now the end game of a fully politicized FBI, a fully politicized police state operating under the auspices of the Department of Justice. And this is bad. It's real bad. It's, you know, legal lawyer bad kind of stuff. <laughs> Hence, I'm in my lawyer garb. So I want to give you a little bit of perspective from my view as a lawyer, somebody who's seen warrants, who understands how warrants work. Uh, you hear a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think some of it from both sides, and, and we want to clarify some of that tonight. We want to talk about some of that tonight. But what I really want to start with is I want to start with the end in mind. Because I think in the end now, at least to this particular situation, there's only one solution. And the solution is not hearings. It's not commissions. It's not blue ribbon panels. It's not a bunch of political theater put on by Republicans if they take over Congress so they can each get their five minutes of fame questioning Christopher Wray or que questioning whoever it may be, Merrick Garland. It's the end game. And the end game is getting rid of the FBI. So here's a quick promotional video we put together. You'll find this video at the website endthefbi.com, and that's going to tell you what to do. So go to endthefbi.com after this video. But uh, Producer G, let's play the video real quick. Mark Meckler here, President of Convention of States Action. We're facing very serious times here in our country. We've come to the point of an actual constitutional crisis. The DOJ is out of control. The FBI is out of control. They've raided the home of a former president of the United States. You've all seen the news. You all know what's going on. The big question is, what do we do? We see statements by organizations. We see statements from politicians. It's statement after statement after statement. And yet, if you know your history, what you know is those statements will cause no changes. We hear congressmen calling for commissions and blue ribbon panels and investigations. How many of those do we have to watch and see the inevitable conclusion, which is nothing, before we understand that they will do nothing? And yet, we need to do something. 
it's time for change in the United States of America. And it is time fundamentally, unequivocally to end the FBI. That's right. The federal government must dismantle the FBI and that burden will fall upon Congress to do so. It is likely based on current polling and the political situation in the United States that the Republicans will take over Congress in January of 2023 after the November elections. And when they do, the question is, what will they do about this rogue agency, the FBI? They will hold hearings. They will put on a show trial. They'll drag uh, Director Ray before Congress. They'll drag Merrick Garland before Congress. But what will actually be done? What should be done is they should rid the country of the FBI. And they have the power to do this in the House of Representatives simply by not appropriating money for the FBI. Regardless of what happens, I'm not interested in hearings. We're not interested in a commission like the Church Commission. We're not interested in some blue ribbon panel doing investigations. And we're not interested in political theater. It's time to end the FBI. So here on this page, you'll be able to add your voice and you'll be able to tell your congressman, your senator, your state representative to call for the end of the FBI. That's right, it is time for the FBI to be dismantled. And they will tell us it's complicated, it's difficult. The FBI does all kinds of stuff that you don't understand. And my answer is, too bad, get it done. Transfer that which must be transferred to other agencies of federal law enforcement if there are interstate functions that have to be done and transfer the rest back to the states. But the bottom line is that they must end the FBI. The FBI must be dismantled. So add your voice to the call. Millions of you will be calling for this. You'll be reaching out to your state legislators, as we always do at Convention of States, asking them to make a statement demanding the end of the FBI, asking them to reach out to their congressional delegation from their state, requesting, demanding that they end the FBI, and reaching out to your congressman and your senator demanding an end to the FBI. It's the only solution. So I'm already seeing a lot of questions about this. And so I want to answer some of those questions in advance. You know, one of the things that is a little odd for me here is we, I don't think we've ever called on our activists to call their Congress people, to call their senators. And generally we never do that because nothing ever comes of that. And so we don't like to ask you to do things that are ineffective or just symbolic. And we're also asking you to call your state legislators. So the reason I want you to understand this is this is right in the sweet spot of COS because what we're talking about is self-governance here at the state level. We want your state delegations, your state legislators to make statements calling for the ending of the FBI, not an investigation, not some kind of internal audit, not commissions, not blue ribbon panels, but very simple just ending the FBI. And as I said in the video, it's important that you know, they'll tell you how difficult this is. It's impossible. The FBI does this and that. We don't care about that. Congress, the House of Representatives, has the power to simply not provide the funding for the FBI. And this is something that they must do unequivocally. Now, I'm also being asked, I, I can see it popping up in the questions, what about the DOJ? Isn't the DOJ corrupt? And the answer is yes, the DOJ is corrupt too. But one thing at a time. I think we're going to have to talk about the IRS as well here with 87,000 new agents, with $80 billion in additional funding, with agents being recruited who are willing to use deadly force against you. We're going to have to talk about that. But right now, let's just start with one thing and focus on one major thing, and that is a corrupt FBI. Now, if you know a little bit of history about the FBI, one of the things that you will note is that the FBI has always been corrupt. 
That's not to say there aren't agents carrying out legitimate law enforcement activities who are not corrupt in the agency. That is true. But I'll tell you, since I started talking about this, I've received email after email after email from COS activists who are actually former FBI agents who say that the FBI has become a completely corrupt organization. But if you go all the way back to the very beginning of the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover, what you find is a man who used the organization to further his own political fortunes to punish his enemies, to collect dossiers of incriminating information on his, his enemies in violation of law and the Constitution. So this is the founding history of the FBI. If we look at the FBI in, in the modern era, if you look at it in the Trump era, the FBI is responsible for illegal FISA warrants, for lying to the FISA courts so that they could ruin Carter Page's life and get inside the Trump campaign. They're responsible for the Mueller investigation, which turned out to be completely bogus. Russiagate, which is all bogus. All of this stuff, the Steele dossier, all bogus. All of this stuff watered, cleansed through, and approved by the FBI. This is an entirely corrupt, politicized organization. This is an organization who, when they discovered that Hillary Clinton was using a private email server in her own residence, which was in no way secure for top secret communications, declared such to be a breaking of the law and then did nothing about it. Now, I want to be clear, and some people aren't going to like it that I said this, but I didn't ask for Hillary Clinton to be thrown in jail because for one administration to be throwing their political enemies in jail, that's just a bad thing. It just leads to tit for tat. That's what is done in banana republics. If you look at sort of banana republics, tin pot dictatorships in South America or Central America or around the world, when somebody's no longer the leader, they end up in jail. We can't afford to do this here, and I'm afraid we've crossed that Rubicon. So I know there are people going to be mad at me because I'm not saying throw Hillary Clinton in jail. I just think this has to be, I mean, this is just something we just should not do as a country. It is very dangerous path for us to be on. The FBI has a history of corruption and a history of incompetence as well. If you go back to the Atlanta Olympics, they took an innocent man who actually saved a lot of lives by removing a pipe bomb from a park and they ruined his life. They ran him through the media, made him look like the bomber in the Atlanta park. And instead he was a guy who was actually a hero. The, the level of incompetence in the biggest mass shooting in American history in Las Vegas at a country Western concert, they've never found a motive. They closed the case with no motive, with nothing. This is your FBI. <laughs> this is a completely incompetent and now totally politicized agency. Under Merrick Garland at the DOJ, they've become even more politicized. This is the same FBI that decided to investigate parents as domestic terrorists for appearing at school board meetings and being angry with what they were seeing with their kids being taught critical race theory, racism, being taught weird, bizarre gender ideology. Merrick Garland decided to name those people as terrorists and to go after them and to put the FBI on them. The only solution I can see for this agency is to disband it, to end the FBI, is to completely dismantle it. And Congress has the power to do this. They'll tell you they don't. They'll tell you how difficult it is. They'll tell you how, how hard it's going to be and how complicated it is. And your answer to all of that should be, I don't care. Do it. Figure it out. That's why you got elected to Congress. You claim to be smart enough to handle the problems that ail the country. A hearing is not handling those problems. Let me give you a very specific example of things that happen at the level of the federal government that lead to hearings or inspector general reports and then nothing. 
And that is the IRS's Tea Party scandal. Back in 2009, 2010, and into 2012, the IRS targeted groups with the Tea Party in their names, targeted people for exercising their First Amendment rights. The, the Inspector General of the IRS determined that this was unconstitutional, unreasonable, obviously illegal. And you know what price was paid by anybody? Zero. You know what major reforms were done at the IRS? None. And today we have an IRS with 87,000 new employees going to be hired, new enforcement agents going to be hired, and millions of rounds of ammunition, weaponry, and it's going to be weaponized against people like you and I. And that means we have to demand action. Now, again, I don't like asking people to make statements because usually statements lead to nothing. And the only way asking your congressman and your state legislators to make statements is going to lead to anything is if the statements are this statement unequivocally, I will dismantle the FBI. I support dismantling the FBI. I will pressure my congressional delegation to end the FBI. These are the only ways that any of these statements are going to lead to anything. It's not asking for investigations. It's not doing what Tim Scott did, Senator Tim Scott, who actually is a, I like this guy, but he said, well, we have to let this play out. We have to see what happens. As if you and I don't know what's playing out here, as if the American public doesn't know what's playing out here. We know what's playing out here, and the polling shows that you and I know what's playing out here. In fact, what our recent polling shows with Trafalgar Group is that the vast majority of Republicans and the vast majority of independents are now more motivated than ever to vote in the midterms because they know this is political targeting. They know it's wrong and they know they're not going to stand for it and they have to vote and who they have to vote for are people who step up and say that they're going to end the FBI, that they're going to defund the FBI, they're going to get rid of the FBI. I don't know how many ways to say it so I can be clear enough. It's not reform. This is an agency that's beyond reform. This is an agency that cannot be fixed. This is an agency that is corrupt to the core. It has a long corrupt history. The headquarters of the FBI is called the J. Edgar Hoover Building, a man who everybody knows was absolutely corrupt to the core, a man who targeted Martin Luther King, who targeted him because of his racism, because of his hatred for African-Americans, who once personally wrote him a letter telling him that he ought to commit suicide the building is named after this man. So is there any question in your mind whether the FBI should be done away with? Now, I'm seeing occasional comments here in the comments that are flowing by saying, aren't we supposed to be the people who love law enforcement? I'm hearing this from, these are folks on the left who suddenly love law enforcement. These are the defund the police folks. I want to be very clear about this. I support non-corrupt police. I support non-corrupt law enforcement. What I don't support at all is corrupt police, corrupt law enforcement, politicized FBI, politicized state police agencies going after their political enemies. I don't support any of that. I also don't support huge bureaucracies that should never have existed in the first place. Fundamentally, what Convention of States is about is about taking power away from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to the states and the people. The FBI should never have been involved in anything ever under any circumstances that didn't involve interstate crime. That is crime that traffics across state lines. And yet they are in so many ways, in so many places, they're involved in the investigation of crimes inside of states that are intrastate. They should never have been. 
bureaucracies were not intended for this. There is no specific authorization, in my opinion, for the FBI, and the FBI needs to go away. Okay, so remember that very simple message. They're going to try to push you off message. They're going to try to say you should support the police. They're going to try to say how complicated all this is. And what you should say in response is, I don't care about any of that. End the FBI. And you can go to endthefbi.com. You can get involved there. We've made it very easy for you to contact both your state legislative delegations and your congressional delegations. Make it clear to them you want to end the FBI. And this is beyond convention of states. This is something you can spread to other organizations, other people you know, people who aren't involved in convention of states, because it's going to take all of us banding together and demanding the end to the FBI. I want to move on to a couple other things before we close out tonight. I'm really frustrated. Obviously, I was frustrated enough to put on a suit and brush my hair for you guys. So I must be really frustrated to not just be wearing a COS t-shirt tonight. I want to talk about uh, just a little bit about the warrant more generally. Because one of the things that we're hearing is, you know, Trump had national security secrets at his house. There's an issue that the president can declassify anything he wants at any time. So I think there's a very good argument that this stuff was declassified anyway. Even presuming that it's not, it's important to remember that uh, the Presidential Records Act, which is part of what they're talking about, is not a criminal statute. So the idea that he had to turn over everything in his possession that had to do with the presidency, which is part of what the warrant says, the warrant says they were looking for anything that had to do with his presidency, that's ridiculous. This is not a criminal act. They may argue about what should be in the archives and what he should have and what he should not have, that's not criminal. As far as the stuff that they're saying is national security, the bottom line is he can declassify anything he wants at any time. So if he claims to have declassified this stuff, it is going to be very difficult for them to claim that he didn't, probably impossible to prove in a court of law. There is nothing that he has to do specifically to declassify something. There's no statute that says there's a specific act or a stamp he has to put on something or an order he has to issue. If he says something's declassified, it's declassified. So I don't see how they're gonna go after him. And more importantly, and I think this is really critical, if you read the warrant, it looks more like something called a general warrant. Now, general warrants are something that the people who founded the country were incredibly familiar with. The colonists were frustrated by and under the authority of general warrants issued by the British government. And general warrant basically said, we can go into your place and we can search for anything, right? So they can search through your possessions, they can search through your papers, and they can look for evidence of crime with no probable cause of anything in particular. And this warrant in particular is so broad, does anything to do with his presidency, essentially, I believe it's section 3A of the warrant, that it reads much more like a general warrant than any sort of specific warrant. And I, I believe in that regard, it's likely unconstitutional. It's certainly not in the spirit of what we expect warrants to be. And it shows the political overreach of what's going on here. So that kind of gives you sort of the overview on the warrant. The question is really, do they intend to prosecute him? And I think based on what we're seeing here, if I were a gambling man, my bet would be they intend to prosecute Trump. And I think that's outrageous and unbelievable that they intend to do it. Why would they prosecute him? I think the reason they intend to prosecute him is they hope to keep him from running for the presidency. Again, this is, I wanna be really clear, not about whether I support Donald Trump or don't support Donald Trump, not about whether Donald Trump should be president or not be president. This is about rule of law, 
and whether we have a functioning republic. And so one of the things we have to ask is, well, what happens if they prosecute him? One, I think it's very dangerous for the country. I think it leads potentially to civil unrest. Let's say that they convict him of something because they might. If they prosecute him, maybe they do. Maybe they get a judge. Maybe they get a jury that's willing to prosecute and convict Donald Trump. So then is he ineligible to be president? And I think the clear letter of the law, the black letter of the law would say, no, he's not ineligible to be president. Why not? Because the requirements for being a president are in the constitution itself. You can't alter that by statute. And it doesn't say anywhere that if the president is a convicted felon, that he can't be president. Now, you might think that's outrageous. You might think it seems ridiculous, but you literally could be a convicted felon and still be president, right? You have to be a citizen of the United States, a natural born citizen of the United States. You have to be 35 years old or older at the time that you take office. Those are the requirements. It doesn't say anything about not being a felon or not having been convicted of a crime or not being under indictment for a crime. Now, maybe they think politically speaking, it'll make it unpalatable for the American people. I'm not so sure about that. I think the American people are furious with what's going on. And what we've seen in the polling is people are more likely to support him. I think he's gained four points in the polls, the generic polls, since uh, this raid was announced. I think I'm talking to a lot of people, a lot of you folks out there that are more, say they're more likely to support Donald Trump now than they were previously. So I don't, if that's was their intent, if their intent was to make him unpopular, I think that's backfiring. I also think in some way, shape or form that this is tied to January 6th. The J6 hearings have produced nothing, literally. It's been bad theater. It's been a, a bad docudrama produced by Democrats and their television producers. I mean, they literally use TV producers to create this narrative. It has not worked. Those who voted for Donald Trump's impeachment have been thrown out of office, it appears, most of them in their primary elections. I think Liz Cheney, Adam Kenzinger's out. Liz Cheney is the last to go. So J6 didn't work. It didn't make people angry other than the people who were already angry. And they're looking for the next act in the J6 hearings. They're looking for a way to say President Trump fomented the insurrection. And I think their next phase is they're looking for a way to say that he tried to defraud the U.S. government in regard to the elections. That somehow by going out and trying to find ways to place alternative slates of electors that, that they are, they somehow were committing fraud some kind of way of denying the U.S. of a legitimate election. We have a long history of people placing alternative slates of electors or trying to do so. It's not a crime. And I don't believe anything he did in that regard was criminal, but it looks like that might be their next theory. So I don't know about you, but I'm frustrated. I'm worried about the state of the country. I feel like from a personal perspective, this makes Donald Trump a more sympathetic person. Certainly the polling shows that. Certainly the polling shows that the American people are not happy with this. Uh, one last tidbit on the polling. 80% of Hispanics say that they think this moves us further away from being a legitimate uh, constitutional republic. 80% of Hispanics. Hispanics continuing to, their move to the right. So I think we're going to see some interesting stuff play out in regard to this. And I think the main thing is you and I need to dedicate some of our time, some of our energy to ending the FBI. So go to endthefbi.com and you can uh, go there. You can send the emails to your congressional delegations and to your state delegations. I know I've repeated myself a whole bunch, 
I apologize for that. I think this is important stuff. I'm a, a little bit worked up tonight. I'm going to go now to close out to our questions and answers. And most of this stuff is not about the FBI. So, uh, you know, maybe we can do this. Can we, can I, can I take the tie off? Is it okay for me to take the tie off, honey? Dogs are running around. I'm done with this. All right. Well, we'll get a little less serious now. Is that better? Oh, I feel more comfortable now. There we go. Okay, so Sharon from Delaware says, I've heard you say that virtually no other organizations are involved in grassroots activism to the level that COS is. Were you referring specifically to conservative, constitutional, liberty-minded organizations? And how would you characterize the level of left-wing grassroots activism? Well, I can say, Sharon, that I'm not an expert on left-wing grassroots activism, but I do know that there's a lot of what you would call uh, not grassroots or astroturf activism on the left. And what I mean by that is, you go to the Capitol, you see people who are paid to be there, union workers that are paid to be there wearing their union t-shirts, SEIU specifically, we saw a lot during the Tea Party movement, I still see them out in the Capitals. They get paid to do that. As you know, you don't get paid to do that. In regard to COS as a national grassroots organization, I just don't know anybody else operating at our scale. And more importantly, at our level of activity, what we focus on, what you focus on is being active. You focus on being in the fight. That's what we measure, not just numbers of people, but who's going to the Capitol, who's making the calls, who's sending the emails. And I don't think there's any group that compares to us. And that's not because of me. That's because of you. Janice Gregory says, what amendments can be proposed that would address the out of control ABC agencies? Janice, I think this is one of the most important things we can do. We can say, for example, pass an amendment that says the federal government may not be involved in education through funding or otherwise. Federal government, I would say federal law enforcement agencies may not be involved in anything other than interstate issues, right? Issues that cross state lines. They shouldn't be involved directly in the states. We could say the federal government may not be involved in healthcare. These are things that we can actually do and pass amendments to get the federal government out of our business. Linda McChesney says, what will happen to social security after convention? And the answer is Linda, hopefully it'll be more healthy. We could tell the federal government that money that goes into the social security trust fund actually goes in and stays in the trust fund. We could limit their discretion to spend that money. Right now, there is no trust fund. <laughs> they spend that money. That money is not be putting, being put aside. So people today who are putting money in are unlikely to ever get that money out. So we could limit their ability to drain the trust fund. Sherry asks, how will COS help the black and brown communities? <sighs> I, I don't want to say I hate this question, Sherry, because I don't mean to give you a hard time, but here's the reality. Everybody needs self-governance. It's not by skin color. It's not by gender. It's not by sexual orientation. Taking power away from the federal government and giving it back to the states and to the people in the states empowers everybody. And that's the point. The truth is the federal government has not done much for minority communities. This is why Donald Trump, when he was running, he said something, and you might think it's inartful, but he said to the African-American community, to the black community, well, what do you got to lose, right? What, what has the federal government done for them? Kept them in ghettos. Uh, now they've been talking about taking, defunding the police. This is stuff that's being talked about at the level of the federal government. They didn't stop our cities from being burned down. They didn't send in the National Guard. By the way, that wasn't, generally speaking, rich white areas being burned. Those were poor inner city communities of color being burned to the ground. And the federal government didn't stop that stuff when they had the opportunity to stop that stuff. And I think that's outrageous. All right, Kenny Harp says, how do you think America would look differently if Biden had not been elected in 2020? Uh, in every way, in, in every single way, like are 
cities might not have been burned to the ground. Like, uh, how about the fact that, um, oh my gosh, so many ways. How about the fact that we wouldn't have outrageous inflation? How about the fact that we wouldn't have shut the country down for so long during the pandemic? Look, Trump started that. So blame where blame is due. That came from Trump. Trump empowered Fauci and Bricks and the other doctors that made that happen. So I give Donald Trump some of the blame, but Biden and his cronies kept that going long, long, long after it was done. They shut down businesses. They did all this stuff, the mask mandates. I think a lot of that stuff would have gone away a lot earlier. I think America would be financially much more healthy. We wouldn't have the Afghanistan debacle. We wouldn't be giving money and, and putting Iran back on the track to a nuclear weapon. I think the country would be better off in every single way. I think it would be more united as well. Lucinda Corey says, how can ordinary citizens take back their state when the corrupt government won't let us vote who we want? In 18 states, at least, last time I looked, and this goes back probably 90 days, there had been 33 bills passed on election integrity. It is getting better. Is it perfect? Is it right right now? No, there are 110 counties around the country that are going to paper ballots. I love that. That's a small amount of counties compared to what it should be. But I think it's getting better. And the key is, look, I'm going to vote anyway. I'm never going to give up. I hate when people say, if we lose this election, the country's over. If this thing happens, if we don't get rid of the machines, if the FBI does this, what? I don't give up. When will I give up? I'll give up personally when the dirt goes on my casket. That's when I'll give up. Until then, I'm not giving up and I encourage you not to either. Michelle Miller says, my question is, who's going to stop this reign of terror by the Democrat Party and the federal offices it controls? And my answer is super simple. It's you, Michelle, and it's me, and it's Lucinda, and Kenny, and Sherry, and Linda, and Janice, and Sharon, everybody who wrote in tonight. It's the millions of COS activists out there across the country, and all those who are going to join us. It's going to be up to us because they're never going to do it themselves. This is the point of Convention of States. That it's going to take you and me and everybody to fix what ails us because they're not going to fix it by themselves. Hey, if you guys want to put a question into the battle cry, you can do that at battle cry at COS action. If you want a video question, if you want your beautiful mug on screen, you can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash battle cry, and you can submit a video there. We'd love to see your video 30 seconds or under, please. And uh, I'll respond to your videos. I'll respond to your emails. I'm glad to have you guys on board. I'm sorry I had to get all dressed up and serious for you guys tonight, but we have to end the FBI. So go to endthefbi.com. Let your legislators know what you think, and I'll see you next week on The Battle Cry. God bless y'all. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.